You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Amen, amen. How many of you are glad to be free in this place? Amen? Man, freedom in Jesus is why we're even allowed to meet here. But even more important than that, freedom in Jesus is what everything is all about. Understanding our sinfulness compared to His holiness. Understanding that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Understanding that He has done everything necessary for our salvation. Understanding the Gospel is what brings us freedom. And man, that's what this entire series through the book of Colossians is about. Paul is writing this letter to a church who have been doing really good things, but there's some people that have moved in that are saying, hey, so the gospel is a good start, but there's way more to Christianity than the gospel. And Paul is going to write this letter and say, man, it is all about the gospel. That the gospel is the beginning and the end. There is nothing else. It's all about Jesus. It always has been, and it always will be. And that's, that's what the premise of this letter is. Before we jump into week two, I do want to remind you that this is spring break week. Like it has started. And spring break in this area really isn't spring break. It's master's week. So it's master's week here in the CSRA. But what this means for us, at least this year, is that it's a busy, busy week because Saturday is the Harlem Hoppening. And the Harlem Hoppening, if you don't know what that is, it is a crazy, busy Easter egg hunt for kids from like zero to however old they want to participate, I guess. I don't know the cutoff. And then there's inflatables, there's food, there's face painting. It is crazy busy. And if you haven't signed up to serve, there's still some spots left. We have about 12 open spots left out of close to 40. So thank you guys for signing up to serve that day. If you have not signed up, there's some sign-up sheets in the back. You can also sign up online. And then the day after Harlem Hoppening is what we call Easter. It is Easter Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. It is the Sunday that we focus on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It is a Sunday infused with the Gospel. It is a Sunday that we say, hey, invite lost people because of all Sundays, this is the Sunday. This is the day that we are going to share the gospel like no other day. And to be honest with you, at least here at Impact, we share the gospel pretty much every week because we know that's all, that's all we got. Like the gospel is it. And without it, we aren't who we are. So we need the gospel and we need Jesus. Last week, we opened up this series and we looked at Paul's, his tenderness towards the, the people in Colossae. We saw that he prayed for them. And then I was able to share my heart with you guys as your pastor and how I pray for y'all. Man, and I just want you to know that, that that is a genuine, authentic thing that I pray for you guys each and every week because I love you and I really want you to continuously grow in your relationship with Jesus. Again, not to be a better person, but to grow more and more in love 
with Jesus. And I believe through that, He will transform you to look more like Him. This week, Paul kind of transitions just a little bit, and he, he really he starts to hit on who Jesus is and the hope of the gospel. And that's, that's really where I want to focus. I want to give you four really quick characteristics of Jesus, and then we're going to end wrapping it all up in how we can really apply this and how this is applicable to us. So we're going to look at some history. We're going to look at a little bit of theology. We're going to look at a lot of practicality and how we can really live this out on an everyday basis. So we'll be in chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 15. Paul says this, talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Here's what Paul is saying. This is point number one if you're taking notes. Jesus is the originator. Jesus is the originator that all things were created by Him and for Him. He is, He is, right? You try to explain this and it's like, well, I don't really, when did He start? Well, He just was. Like Jesus has always been. He is the originator of all things. Jesus is like the, the OG of OGs, right? He is this. We're, that's original God, right? Not original gangster. So that's just, this is, He is who He is, man. He is the originator. In Genesis 1.26, God says, let us make man in our image. And He is talking about, hey, we are here. Jesus is in this with God. They are three in one. We're not talking about the Trinity today. But Jesus has always been. He is the originator. John Chapter 1, verses 1-3 through three, puts it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Here's the deal, man. Jesus is the main point. He is the main character of the story. He is the story. It is all about Him. He is the originator. And I think it's important for us to understand that He just he wasn't just created, that he, he just always was. And you're like, yeah, well, I can't get it. And to be honest with you, man, it's hard for me too. But the truth is, He just always was. It wasn't that God was, was lonely and just said, hey, well, let me, make, let me make Jesus. And then somehow Jesus appeared. No, He has always existed in and with the Father. Jesus is the originator. Verse 17, Colossians 1 says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Point number two is this. Jesus is the sustainer. That Jesus holds all things together. Now, I want to I park here just for a minute because this is where I think, this is what I need the most for me. Like, I need to know who holds it all together because I can't hold it all together. And for me, like, I just need to know who can. Like, can, can my wife hold it all together? Man, she can hold most of it together. Like, she is a rock star. But when she can't hold it together, like, who can hold it together? 
There's some things in life that it's like, man, nobody can hold this stuff together. Who is doing this? And the answer is Jesus. He is the sustainer and he is the only one who can hold it all together. When I was growing up, maybe, man, I don't know, 15 or 16, like I knew that God had called me into the ministry and I was like, okay, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that's just doesn't seem fun at all. Like, I want to have some fun in life and being a pastor just that ain't it, bro. So, no, God, I'm not doing that. He obviously, like I'm here, right? So he he is who he is. And I I remember when I first kind of got got my feet into ministry, I started working with the with the youth, with teenagers. I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. Like, I'm gonna be this famous youth pastor. I'm gonna go around and speak at all these conferences, and it's gonna be great. Just to let you know, I've never spoken at a conference. So it didn't work out for me the way that I thought it would. But Louis Giglio was like a big time youth uh, speaker when I was coming up. I was like, I'm going to be like the next Louis Giglio. And some of you are like, yeah, I don't know who that is. If you don't, you can look him up. He is now lead pastor at a church in Atlanta. Um, he started the passion movement. Like He's just this big time dude. And I remember listening to him speak one time and he spoke on this verse and then he started, he kind of went sciencey. He's kind of a nerd, like, so I couldn't have been him anyway. Like, he's just really smart, and that's just not me. So he started talking about a little molecule that we have in our body called laminin. And laminin is, is literally just this, this little molecule that holds everything together in our, in our body, and it is in the shape of a cross. And although that doesn't necessarily point to Jesus. It is symbolism of how Jesus, the cross, the, the hope of the gospel, holds everything together. When you feel like everything is crumbling in your life, I want you to know that Jesus is the sustainer. That He is the one holding it all together. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Look, He upholds everything. He is the sustainer. And I know that it's really easy for us to say as believers, if you are a believer in this room, to say, yeah, well, I know God holds everything together. But do you really believe that He holds it all together. Do you really believe He is the sustainer? Right? It's really easy for us to, to just breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. And I'm saying that because I've been saying this to my kids a lot. Like, especially my two youngest kids because they have some tempers, right? Don't know where they get that from. It ain't me, right? I'm just throwing that out there. But, man, they have some, they have some tempers and I'm like, hey, just breathe in. And breathe out. And Ansley's really good at it. And she's like, breathe in, breathe in. Like, she's saying it. And Alden's like, nah, bro. Like, I'm not doing that. That is dumb. And I'd rather throw stuff and just yell. Like, whatever. So when we're breathing in and we're breathing out, like, we never think about who is sustaining this breath for us. Because guess what? It ain't you. Like, it, it's not you. I don't care how healthy you are. Like, that's good. I think you should be healthy. You should take care of yourself. But that's not sustaining your life. Jesus is sustaining you. So everything that you have in life, it is because of Him. 
Everything that you have in life, it is because of Him. It's not because of you. And I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm just trying to be really honest with you that Jesus is the story. Like it's all about Him. He is the one that sustains life. He is the one that sustains you. Verse 18 says, And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything He might be preeminent. Point number three is this. Jesus is the leader. Like He, he is first. Right? If you think back to our first series of the year, we, we went through a series called Shift, and we looked at Jesus being first in every aspect of our life. And this is why. Because Jesus is first. He went first. He loved first. He is first in all things. He, he is preeminent. Jesus is always first. And here's the truth, man. He's either going to be first in your life now, or He's going to be first in your life later. But you don't have a choice. Like, you will bow down at some point and say, He is Lord. You can do it now on your own terms, or you can wait till judgment and you will bow down and say, He is Lord as He cast you out of His presence. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the truth of the Gospel. The Gospel is Jesus is first. And He has no place to be second. Like, He's just not. He won't be. So you can make Him first now, or you will make him first later. Like the choice is yours. And as you think about your life and you think about all these different things that you have going on, is he first? Is he first in your life? Or do all these other things just take priority over Jesus? And, and Paul is saying, hey, Jesus, he is the beginning. He's the head of the church, which is not just Impact Church. This is the church, the capital C church of all Christians. He is the head over that. He is the head of the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. And, and this doesn't mean that He was born first. This just means He is, he is first when it comes to the resurrection. Like he, he is first. He defeated death. He's the only one in the history of history of history that has defeated death, and they still alive. Right? Like, he raised Lazarus from the dead, so Lazarus came back, but then he died again. Right? Jesus is the only one. So he went first. And the Bible says that when, when God comes back, that the believers who have died, they will be raised up like Christ was raised up. He is the leader. And he led in the way of love, and He led in the way of sacrifice. And He led in the way of service. And He led in the way of generosity. And He led in the way of, of death and resurrection. He is first. Man, is He first in your life? Like, does that mean anything to you that He went first? Like, Does it do something to you when you think about the fact that this, this, this sinner of a person who doesn't deserve grace, who doesn't deserve mercy, who doesn't deserve love, that God would say, hey, I love you enough that I'm going to go first, that I'm going to send Jesus, I'm going to send my first and my best for you. That because of your sin, like you cannot have a relationship with me. And then God says, 
Like, I'll take care of that. And we see that in verse 19. Colossians 1, 19 says, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile of mind, doing evil deeds, He is now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. Point number four is this. Jesus is your reconciler. That when Jesus came on a rescue mission for you, that He did so in order to reconcile you back to the Father. And you say, well, why do I need to be reconciled back to the Father? Well, this is why, because you are a sinful person. Like we are sinful people. God is holy and just and perfect. And because of His perfection, He requires perfection. And then you say, well, how can I have a relationship with Him if He requires that, man? Because I'm not perfect. And the the answer is, Jesus is the reconciler. That He came to be perfect, to take our place on the cross so that we could be reconciled to the Father. This is Paul explaining the Gospel to these people. And he's saying, hey man, listen, this is, this is what you heard to start with. This is, this is when you began a relationship with Jesus. All these people coming in and telling you there's extra, I want you to know that this is the truth. The Gospel is the beginning. The Gospel is the end. The Gospel is what holds it all together. It is Jesus. That's it. There's nothing else. You can't add anything else to this Christianity lifestyle. Jesus is the reconciler. And then he, he finishes here. He says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This is what Paul is saying. So he says all this. He talks about Jesus being the originator. He talks about Jesus being the the sustainer, Jesus being the leader, Jesus being the reconciler. And then he finishes this up saying, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. And what happens, man, what happens with us as as believers, as humans, is the Gospel sounds really good to us. Because we know that we need something done that we can't do. Like, He does something for us that we can't do for ourselves. He presents us holy and blameless and above reproach. Somehow, He he took a sinner like me, and He says, hey, I'm going to present you blameless and holy before God. And I'm just here like... Man, there ain't no way. Like You could ask anybody that knows me. I'm not holy. I'm not blameless. I'm not above reproach. And he says, hey, I'm going to present you that way because I have come to reconcile you back to the Father. And man, I just think about the fact that all all the sin, all the ugliness, all the dirtiness, yet the Creator of the universe, the Originator, said, man, I love you enough. Like, I want you to be mine. Like, I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. 
Why would you love me? Why would you want me to be one of yours? Why do you want to have a relationship with me? Like I have nothing to offer Him. And then He says, hey, so you were created in my image to be in relationship with me. Like we were created to be in relationship with God. And then sin entered the world and everything went haywire. And God said, man, but you're still created to be in relationship with me. I'm not going to force you to do that, but I'm going to give you an opportunity and a way. And the Bible is really clear. And Jesus says, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like it's all about Him. I was talking talking to Pastor Andrew Friday night and we were just we were talking about the gospel and we were talking about like man the gospel it changes you when you truly understand the implications of the gospel but it starts with you understanding like you are a sinner and what that means and we we say this is kind of a churchy word when you use it in this way, so I don't want you to, to like freak out or anything, but when you understand like the weightiness, right? The weight of your sin and what that, what that does. And the weight of your sin is this, is that because of your sinfulness, like you deserve and I deserve eternity separated from God in hell. Like in hell, is, it's real and it's hot and it's forever. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Like it's not fun. I've never been there, but I've read about it. Like, it's not fun. There are times at home where I'm like, this has got to be close. But um, not because of my wife, because of the kids. So then I look at my wife, right? She's angelic. She brings the, the God back to it. So, but man, the, the weight of our sin is this, that without Jesus, we're doomed to an eternity separated from God. And we deserve that, man. It's not that we don't deserve it. We deserve it. We deserve eternity in hell. Like, that's fair. That would be fair for us. And that's why we say here, man, we're not fair people. We're grace people because we've been graced by the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. The truth of the Gospel is the weight of our sin is that we don't deserve it. But that He gives it to us anyway. Because He said, I love you and I want you, so I'm going to send my best to you. I'm sending you me. Like Jesus, He went first. He loved first. John tells us that the only reason we can even love is because He first loved us. Like we wouldn't even know love apart from Him who is love. The truth of the Gospel is the weight of our sin sends us to an eternal separation from God. Like That's just the truth. And then, Romans 5.8 says, but... God. But God. 
Man, He's rich in mercy, rich in grace, rich in love, but God sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us even when we were still sinners, even with the weight of our sin, even when we didn't care anything about Him, He still sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us to reconcile us back to the Father. The truth of the Gospel is you don't deserve it and I don't either. But God says, I love you and I want you to have it. And then He says, will you receive it? And most of us go to God when we need a favor, but we really don't want Him to be Savior. Man, and that's a, there's a big difference. Man, God, we need You. We need You. We need You. And it's like, yeah, so we do need Him. That's great. And then we're like, well, we need You to do this, and we need You to do this. And He's like, hey, well, I'm the Savior of the world, and I want to be first in your life. Am I first? You're like, well, right now you're first because I really need this, and you're the only one that can do it. That's how we treat him. We treat him like he's a, a genie that we just rub the bottle and, and God comes out and we get the wishes. And that's not the way that he wants to be treated. It's not the way he deserves to be treated. And to be honest with you, it's not the way that he will be treated. He will be worshipped forever and ever and ever and ever. And Scripture says if you don't do it, then the rocks will cry out and worship Him. He is worthy to be praised. Is He first in your life? We're going to close this morning with just a little, just a little story. Um, keeping the wife out of this story. So this one, I'm going to be safe on this one. But I want you to I just want you to really grasp the concept that Jesus is first. Like, and that He should be first in your life and what that means and what that looks like. And I want you to think about if you were in the worst, worst situation in your life, like who, who would you call? Like who, who's the first person that you think of when you get in that situation? And some of you are like, well, it really depends on what the situation is. Like I'm going to call the spouse if this happens. Definitely not calling the spouse if this happens. I'll call my best friend or whatever, right? Think about those people in those positions. Because those are, those are some people that are first for you. And it's good to have those people, right? Like groups here are so, we, we push groups so much here because it's such a big deal to have that community of people. We need those people around us. And April Fool's was yesterday. I'm really bad at April Fool's, by the way. Like I'm just... They're like, yeah, that's just, you would never do that, which I wouldn't. But I did call yesterday on my way home. And I told, I really, I wanted Addison to answer. She's my 11 year old because she's a little, she's kind of gullible maybe sometimes. So she answered the phone and I was like, hey, I just want you to know, she just ran into the fire hydrant in front of your mom's dance studio. And like, I always start the conversation with, I got good news, bad news, and neutral news. Which one do you want first? And for some reason, all my, my whole family's like bad news. Like they just want bad news first. Don't get it. But so bad news. That's what she wanted first. So I told her. She said, well, is the good news that you're not hurt? I was like, yep, that's the good news. She said, what's the neutral news? It's like, well, it kind of looks like a cool waterfall. Like 
this huge fountain that's coming up and it's it's pretty. And she was like, all right, I'm getting my shoes on like she can drive to come and get me. She's 11. She's like, I'm getting my shoes on like I'm coming. And she's like, mom, like, we got to go get dad. And Ashley's like, are you serious right now? Like, are you, <laughs> are you dead serious that you ran into this? And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, she thinks that I really could have done this, which I don't know what that means. And then I'm like, no, April Fool's. And she's like, oh, you're an idiot. And Addison's kind of laughing because Addison's a prankster. And anyway, here's the deal. If I really ran into the fire hydrant, I would call my wife first. Knowing that she's going to make fun of me. Knowing that she's probably going to be mad. Knowing that she's going to call me an idiot and all kinds of stuff. And that's cool because I know it's coming from a place of love somewhere deep in there, right? But I'm calling her first. Because she's my best friend. And I know that she can help me and that she will drop anything to be there for me. And you have those people in your life and I think you should have those people, whether it's your spouse or a best friend or just an accountability partner, you should have those people. You should have those people that you can talk to when, when you just need to get things off your chest. You should have those people. Like those relationships are important. But more important than any of those relationships is that Jesus is the center of it all in your life. Is that when you do something, you do something because you're trying to glorify Him. Is that when you go to work, that you go to work, yeah, you're there to make some money, man. you got to pay the bills. Like, I get it. But you should go there with some sense of purpose that you want to glorify Jesus through your work. We just got done with an entire series on relationships and how Jesus is the center of godly marriages and how we can glorify Him through everything in our marriage. Through dating, through being married, through the bedroom, through the, the conflict. Like everything points to Jesus. And then we go about life so arrogant and so egotistical that, man, we make it all about us. That He's not first in anything until we hit the fire hydrant and then we need Jesus. He's always the last resort, it seems like, man. And the church is fading farther and farther and farther away. And the church isn't making a difference in the community or in, in the culture of this country because we've accepted that to be okay because Jesus is no longer preeminent to us. And if we want to make a difference, if we want to make a difference for the kingdom, He's got to be first. And it starts with understanding your sin, understanding that He's done everything necessary for salvation. And saying, you know what, it's time for me to say yes to Jesus. And some of you, you've done that. You're believers. And you're following after Jesus. But over time, it's just become just a routine thing for you. It's just a, a rhythm thing for you to go to church, to go to small group, to do this. And Jesus really isn't first in your life. So for you, believer, you need to, you need to say, hey, it's time for me to shift back to Jesus. So I'm speaking to two different people today. One is the, the ones that just, you haven't said yes to Jesus yet. You're just not there. And you will either say yes to Him now or you will say yes to Him later. 
but He is going to be worshipped. The other is to the Christ follower who just needs to shift. You need to make that shift where Jesus becomes first again. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.